Welcome to this week's episode of Couch Quarterbacks, where Ben and I talk about football, the only place we know our couches. It is week seven. Look at I got the week right finally. We I just know, got it's through week time. six. Um, just got through week six. It was the we thought last week was the weirdest week in the NFL. Uh, do you think it was last week or this week? Because this week I think just made me feel dumb more than anything else. This week's just bounce backs. Bounce, <laughs> yeah. bounce back weeks across the board. I love it. It's uh it's always like I feel like October in the NFL is just like it's always you never really know what you're gonna get because like some of these teams that are off the hot starts, they're not actually good. Some of these teams that start off slow are actually good. And you start finding out like right around the middle of the season who's the who's real and who's fake. And this week I think uh helped us sort that out a little bit. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Or we're just going to keep getting this shit wrong the whole year. Who knows? Uh, don't forget to follow us at couch underscore QBs on Facebook and Twitter. Um, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple. Give us a five-star review on Apple and uh, share it with all your friends. We appreciate the support so far, and we hope you guys are having fun uh, talking football with us during this crazy football year. So we'll start off with the early games like we always do from Sunday. And uh, let's start off with maybe the best team in the NFL, which maybe I don't think anybody was uh, expecting to say that at the beginning of the year. Maybe they were, maybe it was just me because I'm a hater, but the Tennessee Titans beat the Houston Texans in overtime, 42 to 36. Ben, what was your first impression coming out of that game Sunday? Good for the Titans, but also good for the Texans because the Texans needed some kind of moral victory and in the NFL there is no such thing as a moral victory really but at least they went out there put up 36 points the offense looked a lot better than it has in the past but the Titans are simply just a better team and Derrick Henry can single-handedly turn the game on its head at any point and I just don't know I don't see anyone really beating this Titans team unless I, I just don't know who beats the Titans right now yeah, it. <laughs> I've I've wanted to just write the Titans off as an anomaly for so long, but I mean, look at when since Ryan Tannehill has been put in at quarterback for them, they've he never looked. I never he never had this glimmer in Miami at all. And I mean, we've talked about it last week a little bit about the offense, just the play action, and how much Derrick Henry opens up everything for us. And I guess that's really the story. It's not as much Tannehill. Tannehill gets so much credit because quarterbacks always get credit, but. Would he be able to do this without Derrick Henry? I don't think so, but that's okay. I mean, <laughs> you, what are you going to say that he's not good just because he has Derrick Henry? You could say that that's about, what I want to say. You say that about you say the same thing about Edwards, Clyde, Allaire. Say, well, he wouldn't have had the week that he had without Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and you could just flip that on its head. Mm-hmm. It's like, but both can exist. They can both be good. I don't think that Ryan Taylor necessarily like jumps out when you look at like top quarterbacks but i think that when you have a guy who's not making mistakes and just managing the game that well i think it it doesn't matter you know he can just be good i think that this is the team that just looks the cleanest of when you look around the playoff picture this is the team that looks the best yeah. they, they haven't had any hiccups at any point and they just haven't stopped i think Vrabel might be the best coach in the league right now the hottest coach in the league at least he's not may not be the best he doesn't have the same like pedigree if you will yeah as some of the guys have been around a little longer but i think that when you look at who's making it work right now he that he's the guy but that's and that's the thing with especially with rabel it's like they're never not prepared any situation they look so prepared like <laughs> the every game they're ready for anything that the other teams are throwing like their opponents are throwing at them yeah, because how many times a week do we watch these games and you see the coach or any someone on the offensive side on this? I mean, on the sideline, just looking around like nervous, or like they don't know what to do, mm-hmm. and they're panicking. Has Ravel ever panicked? I've never seen him look baffled or like confused by anything on the field. But we see coaches all over the league do it every week. Yeah, he's he's ultimately, and it's so impressive because he's such a young coach, and like he's only he's been coaching less than. 10 years now I mean he didn't retire too long ago but he looks like a guy that's been there for 30 years and then doing this like and I mean he played for the greatest coach of all time and I'm sure that he's taken a oh, lot he definitely of, picked up some nuggets he's definitely taken a lot yeah taken a lot from that and I mean 
it just shows the way that they're the way that they're on the field, the way that they perform on the field is it reminds me of New England in that way because New England, New, there's nothing that ever surprises the Patriots when you play them. Like they might not execute properly, like they haven't looked good. I mean, we'll we can talk about them in a second, I guess. Um, they they had a disappointing game this week, but they never look unprepared. It's it's execution wise, and it's the same thing with Tennessee. But they haven't they haven't really never not executed in a game since I mean since Tannehill has been quarterback, they've just been a juggernaut. <laughs> Which is so, it's just so weird because this is a small market, a team that's not really known for ever being good, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we, the past they've made the playoffs the past three years. Mm-hmm. Before when they had Demarco Murray, I, th- I believe, and they had um, Mariota at quarterback, Marcus Mariota being their quarterback, and that, I think they got in on a wild card that year. But they've just slowly but surely gotten better, gotten pieces. You you get Derrick Henry, who's Looks like the best running back in the league right now. I, I think by a mile, and I just, I just don't know if anyone can stop this team other than Kansas City, or maybe the team they play this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that's the best defense in the league. They're gonna, it's gonna be the toughest test for both those teams. I think this week. I'm uh, excited to see how it ends. It's gonna be, yeah. That's like a classic old school football game. We're gonna get Sunday between those two. Um, do you think how I want out of a hundred percent likeliness, what do you think the odds are that Ryan Tannehill ends up in the top three of MVP voting this year? 75%. Okay. I was to add to do some calculations. <laughs> Not a thing about it. But if he continues well. on this trend that he's on now and no, I mean, and the stuff that they do, I don't think like defenses can necessarily just pick up on. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I just think that they play like pretty sound, just sound football. It's not like they're doing anything that's like completely like foreign. They just pl- like do a really good job at the little things. I think. Yeah, they're it's it's buttoned up always with them. They they're, they're not going to surprise, and that's why it's going to be so fun to watch them play the Steelers this week because both those teams are going to be prepared and ready to go, and it's just going to be strength on strength that run defense for the Steelers that is just dominant as uh we'll talk about a little later I'm sure and uh Derrick Henry and it's gonna it's gonna be a fun one for sure uh the Titans I'm done I'm done trashing on the Titans I'm just legitimately terrified just enjoy. As an AFC contender gotta I'm just gonna enjoy, enjoy Derrick Henry I'm just gonna enjoy Derrick Henry while he's while he's still I mean dominant. one of the best backs I've ever seen in my lifetime at this point from college on it's just been it's 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 a real joy to watch him let's go to the other early game we're gonna uh, go into detail with here the other team we talked about that we thought maybe uh maybe might be frauds maybe not a for real contender just keeps on winning as the chicago bears defeat the carolina panthers 23 to 16 they are five and one and after the packers lost to the buccaneers on sunday to take over first place in the nfc north Ben, what was your impression seeing the Bears improve to five and one? Do you have any more faith in this team? I don't know because we keep just saying that this team is just frauds. They 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 can't do it, and there's no way that they don't hear it, right? Yeah. But every week we seem to be saying the exact same thing, and they keep winning. So I don't, I don't know what I think about this team. Like it's just an anomaly. I think their defense is so good that it makes up for a lot of their offensive sloppiness mm-hmm. you know they just i mean you when you have khalil mack on the defensive side of the ball like what are you supposed to do that man he just manhandles people sometimes and i love to watch it but their offense is just so ugly i i legitimately hate watching their offense be on the field they don't have any any semblance of a run game but their defense just i think covers a lot of it for them and that was the thing a, a couple years ago right when they went 12 and 4 like Mitchell had some great games, but it was mostly the power of that defense that led them to that record and got them into that position to be in the playoffs and host a playoff game, which they're, it's, it looks like the same formula this year. And Foles, I don't know if Foles is ever going to be able to pop off for like a 350-yard performance, the way just the, no. point the career he is and the way that their offense, they're, they're not, they, don't, they don't really have anything on that offense. Like David Montgomery is an okay running back. They really could have used Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. After he decided to go, like, but he why would he why would he go to that team when he could go 
you know, to Kansas City. Um, Allen Robertson is their number one receiver, but I mean, at this point, we, he's not. I don't think he's like a top tier number one receiver. No, in the league I don't anymore. think so either. And he he can't make up for deficiencies at quarterback like he used to be able to. And they don't really have anybody behind him that can kind of fill in for that role. So the offense is not. They're not going to scare you. They're not going to impress you. But if they can just keep playing these ugly games the rest of the year and just the defense is just so impressive. And Khalil Mack is, I mean, Khalil Mack in the league is the guy, probably one of the only player defensive players in the league that can completely take over a game and change the outcome of the game. Him and Aaron Donald, I think, are the two. Mm -hmm. And I just, once again, I'm looking at it, and here we are again bashing the Bears. And they they only had 63 rushing yards. I don't think they've had a hundred yard rushing game all year. No. And they just get these ugly wins and just make it happen somehow every week. The Panthers, on the other hand, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be okay. He's not the best quarterback. He's not the worst quarterback. And I just think that the Panthers smell like an eight and eight team. Yeah. But like a, a frisky eight and eight team, like they're going to be in With every game that they play. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is they are, I mean, Mike Davis has been good, but they are still missing the best. I mean, we're talking about how good Derrick Henry is. Maybe the the only guy that could be in the conversation with him for best running back in the league. Yeah. (laughs) The only other guy, and that's Christian McCaffrey, who should be back any week now coming back from that high ankle sprain. Um, And so when he comes back, how much do you think that changes the dynamic of that team? And they play the Saints this week. In a really big NFC South matchup. I mean, yeah, the NFC I South can see is so them taking this from the same, but Mike Thomas is back. Yeah. We can get on to that later, but I think the Panthers are going to be one of those teams that's on the outside looking in come playoff time. I think so too. I like but Teddy. I, but they're, the way that Matt Rule's building that team and everything, we talked about them in the last couple of weeks like that, but it's been impressive. And I think it's just going to, I, I'd be worried about the Panthers. Not worried. If I was the rest of the league, I'd be worried about the Panthers in the coming years because they shouldn't I don't they shouldn't even be as good as they are this year right now, I don't think. And they're just play they go out there and just play their asses off every No, they still don't I don't I don't think they have a receiver. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking no. at the I'm looking at their list of receivers right now and I, I don't even I don't know any of them, honestly. DJ Moore is not he's not bad. Not, it's nothing it's not anybody that's gonna like Make you, I know Robbie not, Anderson. It's not anybody I, you're spending thirty dollars on in a fantasy auction. That's for sure. No, no. Maybe um, in, in in time. In time, we'll see. We'll see. And with McCaffrey coming back, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they can do um, when they get their full offense healthy and ready to go. And that'll be an interesting game this week too. Um, we'll move on to the late games. There were only two late games, um, which is I, I hate when the NFL does that. I don't really. I, I understand it because they want they wanted everybody to basically watch Packers Bucks. It was Brady Rogers. They're like, all right, the only game we're going to put on opposite of this is Jets Dolphins, and none of you are going to watch that unless you bet an insane amount of money on it. And oh that's, yeah, that's probably true. Um, so the first game, I, I guess let's let's do Jets Dolphins for like ten seconds, quick, and then we'll hop into uh, the nitty Packer, the Packers and the Bucks. Um, Nothing surprising. The Dolphins won twenty four nothing. That's not surprising at all. The Jets are easily the worst team in the NFL, and the Dolphins are uh, they're surprisingly good. I mean, not even I don't even know if it's surprisingly good because they finished strong last year and they they've been bad for so long that I think you get a first <laughs> enough first round picks that eventually like it just has to work out a little bit, right? And Brian Flores in the same vein as Rabel with as a Belichick uh, disciple and just w- the way he's building that team down there is it's really impressive. I like Brian Flores is one of my favorite coaches in the league at this point. Because he just gets yeah, those goods to play hard. But yeah, let's not forget the Jets played like a team that might have been good 10 years ago with Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. <laughs> oh my God. The fact that Frank Gore is their starting running back. It's like, I hope he's okay. what are we doing here? I hope he's he okay was, when he retires. I watched uh, I watched his post-game interview, Frank Gore, and he just looks so sad. Like, it was just like, what? Like, what? You're third, however old he is, and that's where you're going to end. Like, this could be one of the last years of his career, and he has to play with that team. It's just. It's he just loves running. I can't imagine what that locker room is like. He does. He just loves running. <laughs> He's a big football guy. Big football guy. Um, but I guess the big story about this game is not is anything 
is the story after the game in that Fitzpatrick is going to be benched, not benched, I guess, not for because of his play, but it's it's Tua time finally in Miami. Uh, after the bye week, they're going to pl- they're going to put Tua Tagovailoa in. Do you think it's the right move right now with the pit right if Fitzpatrick's going? And what do you expect from Tua in a couple weeks? I don't think it's the right move. It just I I think that they already had this planned out before the season started, saying that come the bye week, we're going to give Tua first first team reps for a week in practice over over the bye week, and just hopefully that'll be enough to get him prepared. I just don't know why you pull Fitzpatrick because you I mean you don't have a great shot at making the playoffs, but I mean, you're 500. Mm-hmm. You could. Mm-hmm. They're only a game back in the division right now. Yeah. I mean, it could happen, but I don't think you're doing yourself any favors by putting the guy who – I just don't know. I don't get it. I don't – Well, I think the – I, I knew that that was a grand scheme all along. I yeah. just don't know why you do it now. I don't know the timing, I guess, is the – I think they they wanted to make sure he was healthy. Obviously, that was the most important thing. I, he said he was healthy at the draft, and I I believe him. I don't think that there was any reason to think that he wasn't healthy. I mean, I know it was how bad the injury was, but it's 2020, man. Like, how many injuries are really like that debilitating anymore? Like, there's a couple, yeah, but it's very rare that there's injuries that take people out for their careers or really affect people their whole time. Unless it's like the culmination of injuries, which. Going back to that, Tua has had a lot of uh, injury history at Alabama with some knee issues and high ankle sprains and of the sort. But um, like you said, I, I think it's always been the plan. I thought maybe it would be a couple more weeks, but it makes sense if it's the bye week now, get him like get him the couple weeks of everything. Fitz yeah. today came out and was very upset. He he said he was shocked and was, you know, said that he like had an investment. It sounded like he cried. It did. It re- he was really when I read the quote. I was like, he definitely cried. Well, he said something like, this is ever since I've, he said the only other time I felt like it was my team and like I invested this much into a team was when he was the starter in Buffalo. And he was the starter for a couple of years there. And he was a real well-established guy uh, when he was a quarterback for the Bills. So, I mean, like you can tell how much it meant to him. And he's, but he said all along, like, I'll be to his biggest cheerleader. Like, I'm going to help him along all the way. I just think he thought, you know, we're three and three. I'm playing well. Like, why, why do it now? But they're kind of rolling. They kind of are, but if whatever they're seeing in practice from Tua must be enough for them to trust that he's not not only going to not mess it up for them, but that he has more of an upside for them to actually maybe be a contender in the AFC East because there's three teams that are within a game and a half of each other right now. I mean, it really it if they keep winning, they're gonna they can try to keep pace with Buffalo and New England right now. We'll see if we're talking about him next week. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. That that Rams game, play, playing Aaron Donald in your first start as an NFL quarterback, not ideal. Not ideal at all. Um, so we'll see what happens in a couple weeks of that. So let's move on to the other team in Florida, or one of the other teams in Florida. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely trounced the Green Bay Packers, 38-10. to 10. Um, It was a hot start for the Packers. They were up 10 nothing, and Rodgers looked good. And then he threw a pick six, and then it just looked like he was on the ground for literally the rest of the game. 38 unanswered points. Yeah, it's brutal, man. You can't do anything with that. And the worst and part was is the only game, like besides that terrible Jets-Dolphins game, is the only game on. You're like, all right, after the pick six, you're like, all right, we got a game. Like, this is going to be fun. These guys are going to go after And then, no, it was just terrible. It disappeared. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened here because I thought I knew about football, and I was like <laughs> – especially how bad the Bucks looked last week. I was like, there's no way they're going to come out here and just like have everything cleaned up. And what do they do? Have everything cleaned up. They limited their penalties. They didn't have a single penalty the entire game, actually. Um, and yeah, they just... And we had a Gronk revival game that I don't know if anyone was expecting at all throughout. Like, Is it the Gronk the revival started, period? No one was expecting Gronk to have a game. Maybe it's the start of the Gronk revival period. Maybe he's getting back into game shape now. Because he looked good. Like, he was moving pretty damn well on those catches, too. He lost a bunch of weight before the season, so I guess this will be his new thing. But I just... I don't know. I, I just... This is a game that made me question my football knowledge. This whole last two weeks of football has made me question my football knowledge. But, yeah, I'm with you on this one because we're both very high on the Packers. Um and I'm still really high in the package. I don't think this game. Uh, I don't think this game says anything 
like negative about the Packers. Really. Like it does, but also they're, they're I think they're the same team I thought they were a week ago. It was just literal performance from hell for them. And Rogers the defense didn't gonna, look good either. No. Well, they can never stop the run. They had that problem last year too. I mean, yeah, Ronald one, Jones one thirteen to Ronald Jones, and Ronald Jones is a good back. Let's not get that mixed up. He's a good back. Yeah, and you just you just can't do that against a bad a team that you should be beating. I think, but apparently the Bucks are just going to throw their name back in for being a top team in the NFC. I guess I well, didn't I didn't think that they were a top three team in the NFC. Are they the NFC favorites? Like their defense, no is, their defense might be the best defense in the NFC besides the Bears. Them and the Bears are, I would think, I would put as the two best defenses. And if Brady is only going to get more comfortable in that offense, and yeah, and I think that's the thing that we should acknowledge the most is that this team didn't have any preseason, and this is the team that if if anyone in the league needed a preseason, it's the Bucks. Yeah, because Tom Brady in an entirely new system, he's never left New England in his life, and I just think. Having them time to get gelled and basically letting Tom Brady expound his football, his wealth of football knowledge upon the team would be beneficial. And I think it's just now we're starting to see it now, starting to kick in. Yeah, they look like uh, they and the big difference last week against the Bears, ten penalties, and Brady. You could tell how pissed Brady was just shooting themselves in the foot, and they were clean this game. Like they were, they were disciplined. Not, I don't even think they had any penalties in the game. I'm not sure off the they top of my head. They didn't have one. Yeah. I mean, that's the turnaround that you get from that is just – and I'm sure that it was a lot of Tom coming in that week and being like, hey, you want to be a good – you want to be a great team in the league. Like, you would need to clean these things up. And those guys are going to listen to that. I mean, why wouldn't – I would fucking listen to Tom Brady. Anything I think that entire offense record. just looks at Tom like, what do you think? Exactly. And Godwin being back again helps them because he's as much good as Mike Evans is. Godwin's that number one receiver, and he's just always open. And you can see that Brady's looking his way a lot when he's on the field. And getting Gronk to you know help out a little bit and finally make some production. Like we know that the chemistry those two have together. Yeah, it's just I, I never thought we'd see the Gronk game, but this, I, that, that's the Gronk game. And does he have a hundred a hundred yard game in him? You think? At some point, yes, I do. I truly do. Because I think Brady's just going to force feed him but, uh, uh, if he needs to. Yeah, that's the security blanket. He wants it to be, at least. I heard, the, what was the stat they said in the game? I don't know if it was touchdowns or receptions, but Brady and Gronk, I think it was receptions. I'm not, I don't think it was touchdowns. But they are third place, the, that tandem, in, recept- in NFL history behind Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and Peyton Manning, Mar- Marvin Harrison. Like, that's absurd. He's, that's a tight end, too. Like, it's just crazy the chemistry that those two have nuts and i just hope that aaron Rodgers and the packers can bounce back next week fingers crossed yeah i think they're fine i think i think i, I don't think this says much about the pack. i think it was just a one of those games you know that, that that's what we have to remember about nfl seasons there's always even the great teams are just going to have those days where it's just it, nothing works out and don't Rod- show up Rod- he was just on his back the whole damn time yeah, offensive line has to figure it out, and I also think you need to be able to run the ball better. Mm-hmm. But obviously, once you start going down like the way they were going down, you can't afford to keep running the ball. You have to start airing it out and just forcing things. And I think that's just what we saw. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting this as a referendum on the Packers at all, for sure. No. All right, let's go. Let's go to Sunday night in the NFC West where the Niners dominated the Rams really from the start of that game. Uh, one, one with his, what did the score end up there? 24 to 16. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking nine for some reason. I forgot about the last touchdown. The last touchdown didn't really matter for the Rams. It was They were never really garbage time. Yeah, they were never really in that game. It didn't feel like. Um, I don't know, but this game, I don't know what to take from it either because the Niners were so clearly in control and they were just – dominating at the line of scrimmage the defensive line and offensive line were just dominating but it was clear that jimmy g they weren't making him do too much um no no and their run their run game looked really good that's what blew my mind is that we finally got because they had those three they have raheem moster Jarek mckinnon jamichael how do you say his last name which one jamichael hasty oh yeah yeah and between those three, I mean, you can kind of, I mean, just piece it together. 
and they just look dominant. And obviously, we got to give respect to Kittle, who's just an he's just a crazy person. I, I love watching him play football. Sometimes I think he's a little annoying, but he's just so good at football. You just can't deny it. Yeah, and he just when he's going, I mean, he's always going. But when Jimmy can find him and they're they're playing the way that they want to play, he's just unstoppable. Like there's you don't want no one wants to tackle him. He doesn't want to get tackled. He's he and he. No, I think he embraces contact. Yeah, he was. He's like, please, like, come, come, try to tackle me. He's gonna just run you over. He goes out of his way to run people over. And yeah, I think, he just, he's just a crazy person. I think when you're in a game like this and these dudes are just dominating you, and you just look on that defensive side of the ball, and you just look at that guy coming at you, you're just like, God, like, fuck that. Like, no one wants to step in they, front of him. Yeah, no one wants to deal with that. That's the thing. Um, but it was impressive. It was a in. It was one of those you were talking about bounce back earlier. The Niners needed to bounce back, and they needed a win. Because this is the, the first game way. they've looked like the Niners from last year, where it seems yeah. to be that they just kind of dominated the game. At no point did they look like they even had a chance of losing. I mean, after the first half, you're kind of like, well, 21-6 going into the second half. like, And the Rams just had nothing to offer on offense. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know. I 49ers are back question mark i don't think so i i still worry about jimmy g and just you I think could tell does. you could tell that they were he didn't really throw the ball on the field um there was that right after halftime you know how they do the coaches quotes after halftime the one thing kyle shanahan said was we still need we need to keep completing crucial throws and it's you that's that's literally a direct comment to jimmy g like don't fuck up on important throws and the fact that he has to mention that about his quarterback hey. in interview at halftime like usually that usually people coaches are much carefuler with their quarterbacks and he Kyle Shannon's like no like Jimmy you need to you're you are going to we're going to live or die by you and we'll see I mean there's so much skepticism about if he can do it still especially especially coming into this year and the start of this year and it was it was a better performance but it didn't the Rams didn't really have a chance to make him uncomfortable. They were really good against Aaron Donald. The offensive line of the Niners played that really well. So, I don't know, man. I I, I think both these teams – I thought really highly of the Rams earlier in the season. I love the Rams. I still love the – I still do like the Rams, but it's just – I don't know. I, I don't know if they have enough weapons. Yeah, well, it just looks like they, they're, these games that they get into, if they just get dominated at the line of scrimmage – they don't really have an answer. Like they don't know once they're knocked, once they're knocked off their rhythm, it's hard for them to get it back on. And golf is not a guy that just turns it on. No, really no. golf is a guy. Golf is a very standard. He's I'm trying to think of, he's just like, he's not going to, he's never going to amaze you. I think he's just going to do exactly what he needs to do. Not do anything too crazy, not do anything too bad, but he won't lose his job. And I just, He's not the guy who's going to lead your team, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, and I look across the offense, and I don't know who leads this team on offense. I think it's just Sean McVay, unfortunately. I, I, I think that's see. the problem. I think that the guys know that when they're playing with them that it's not like it's not golf out there making these plays. It's the coach that's setting them all up for success, which, I mean, you can't – I mean, that's obviously every team wants that. It's a blessing. It's a blessing, but it's – it's it's not an alpha dog quarterback like you see on some of these other teams. No, not even a little bit. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to Monday night. We'll we'll do the fan corner together. So we'll go. Let's let's talk about the extremely fun situation going on in Dallas right now. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals destroyed the Dallas Cowboys thirty-eight to ten, um, and it could have been more i think honestly it just it, it kyler murray horrible. kyler murray did not even play well he was nine for 24 throwing the ball and it was still just a complete and utter shit show uh zeke doesn't look sharp andy dalton reminded us all why he got benched last year um maybe not the best backup in the league like everybody's hyping him up they definitely are gonna miss dak for the rest of the year they are two and four still first place in the nfc east I hate to say it, but I, I bought in. I bought into the Andy Dalton train. I was like, Me he's going to be good. He's going to be good. And, I mean, because when I, when I look across the board, he has so much talent around him that I was thinking, I was like, well, how could he be bad? All he has to do is get the ball out to him. And you know what he can't do? Get the ball out. 
<laughs> he just doesn't spin it. He's not that good. <laughs> it just sucks. Um, I think. And then who's the, who's the Carolina? Um, Buda Baker. Oh my god. Yeah, Buda Baker just, is just taking disgusting. over. Just taking over that game. You have Ezekiel Elliott having five fumbles this year through six weeks. That if your name's not Ezekiel Elliott, you get benched for that. You get benched after three. And I just don't. I don't know where this Cowboys team goes because they they have so much talent at receiver that it just doesn't make sense of how they could be this bad. Their defense looks so. They don't look motivated. That does not I, like. I watched and they just looked like the last thing they wanted to do was to step in front and like chase up chase Kyler Murray, who's just yeah running like a kid who was about to get his ass beat. <laughs> And none of them looked like they had any energy to even run after him. They were just like, eh, whatever. And I, I don't know what the solution is. It's, it was a pretty pitiful performance rushed on for the run defense for the Cowboys. Like, they just looked like they were just getting smacked in the mouth. They looked like they just wanted to go home. Like, they didn't they want to really, be there. No, they didn't, they didn't want to be there field. anymore. Uh, that, uh, tw- once it was once you saw that it was 14 nothing in that game, like, once it, it was that point, I was like, the Cowboys are done. Like, this team is not built. They're not clearly not inspired by their coach with the reports coming out the last couple of days that the coach is, quote, not prepared and just not, quote, not very good at their jobs. That's never what you want to hear coming out no. of your, your players' mouths about your coaching staff. Not prepared for your – football coaches are supposed to be uber prepared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you look at Mike McCarthy and say he's going to be the guy to light a fire under these guys' ass. Oh, my God. Because he's not, he's not that, and I don't think he's ever been that. I don't think he – I don't think he – in Green Bay, he was getting anyone excited. I just think that he was okay. And he, I mean, you can lean on Aaron Rodgers quite a bit in Green Bay. And I hate to say it, but I think I'd rather see Jason Garrett. Because at least Jason Garrett <laughs> has some, at least Jason Garrett's excited. You know, well, at least he's got some energy to he's him. Clapping. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not the best coach in the league, but at least you know that he's, he has some energy. And I, I just see Mike McCarthy with his mask that makes him look like a blob, and he just doesn't look happy. He doesn't look like he doesn't look like he doesn't inspire me. It makes me wonder how much them missing Dak being there every day is going to do because Dak is like the opposite. Like Dak's like I high energy football, guy. high energy. Like they definitely rally around that guy. They all love that guy, and so the the wind race might be out of the sails for this team at this point. I think that's one hundred percent the issue because I don't know who. Who's going to inspire these guys to get up and like work out of this two and four hole? The thing is, it's not even, is, it, is it a hole? They're still in first place in the division. They it's, still have a home <laughs> playoff game. <laughs> it's brutal. Like we're not we. You can't even talk too much shit about it because it's like, well, they're still a half game ahead of the cow or the Eagles, and they're probably still going to make the playoffs, and we're going to be sitting there have to watch that game wildcard weekend and be like, how the hell is this team playing right now? It's they need to get smoked. Yeah. It's, it's baffling. It really, but, but and it's hard to fire a first year coach when he quote unquote makes the playoffs. <laughs> I think they would. I think that it might, I think that he might get fired at the end of the year. If it stay, if they, if they win the division at seven and nine, I think he's getting fired. I don't think you can send him back out there when the team is saying that he's not prepared. And not a good coach. Like if you're you're already losing the locker room. Yeah, yeah. When players are already coming out and saying, We don't know about this guy, he's only been there six weeks. And you're already like, Yeah, we don't know. We don't know if he's gonna be the guy forever. Because he clearly doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. We'll see. It's, I don't know. It's you always, just hope that and let's what about Zeke? I mean, Zeke is just not he just hasn't looked like the same running back. COVID. <laughs> it might be. We don't I, I swear to God, that. I think that because no one knows the long-lasting issues of it, and I don't know if he's the best person to look at. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Well, he's never been but, the most. It's not like he's ever been like a picture of health. Some of these times too, like we've seen him be out of shape coming into seasons and stuff like that. So, but you would just expect him to not be fumbling five times. If, if someone fumbled five times throughout the year through 16 weeks, you would be like, yeah, they kind of have fumble issues. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the guy who's fumbled five times in six weeks? I don't know if there's anything you can say to Zeke ever, let alone. 
and that's the thing you can't bench him like what are you gonna do you're gonna no, you don't have anyone else to go to. no it's just i would hate him all that money would you be surprised if zeke decided to sit out the season at some point coming up soon like if he just decided you know what i'm done and just sat out no, not... playoff contention yeah but i still wouldn't be surprised like they lose again i don't even know who they play next but they lose their next couple games or whatever. I, I could I could just see guys the way on this the way this season's going for them is just about as bad as they could have about as bad as it could have went for Mike McCarthy, that's for sure. And there Zeke here it says on his page, no one answer to fix wumbling fumbling woes. He can't pinpoint his issues to any one cause. Hold the so ball. Zeke, yeah, so Zeke doesn't even know. He's gonna have to wa- like walk around like in high like high school football players that fumble all the time. He's gonna have to start walking around the facility with a ball in his hand the whole time. Everything tries uh, to smack it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really know what other answer there is for it. But um, the next couple and weeks, think, and I don't think a first year coach is gonna sit down with him and be like, and like, uh, I I don't know. You know what you say to him because I don't think Mike McCarthy is the guy who's gonna sit down and be like, we need you to stop fumbling the ball. Like you're killing us. Yeah. And because also why you could look listen? at him and say, I've been here a lot longer than you've been and you suck. Everyone yeah. thinks you're incompetent. Reports <laughs> are coming out. Like it's, I just don't, I don't know what the answer is. That's what I mean. Is he, even gonna li- is he even going to listen to McCarthy if he says anything to him? Like, no, I don't think so. He's got a decent sized ego too. So, but it, it's good. It, it worked well with Dak. You know, it kind of like, I don't know. You just hope that they figure something out, maybe. Because I, I, wa- I want the Cowboys to be good. The league is better when the Cowboys are good. But it's also it's pretty fun. fun when they're bad. We get to see here. Hopefully next week we're talking about them winning a game. Their next three games at the football team, I can't pencil that in as a win. It should be a win, but I can't. I can't. I don't have. I can't sit here and say that I think the Cowboys are going to win that game. They, they, just show you what, yeah, they, they don't show deserve you that. Then it's at Eagles, Sunday night football. You ready for that Sunday night barn burner? Cowboys at Eagles. It's going to be great. Great. They're going to win the division. Yeah, right? They're going to be 1-5-1 versus 2-5 or something, whatever. And then at home against the Steelers. So, uh, yeah, they better get those division wins because at this point, that's really – the NFC East has only has two wins outside the division this year. That's so bad. It's it's embarrassing. It's been tough. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Cowboys. I mean, maybe Andy. Maybe it was just an anomaly week for Andy. First week starting, tough position to be put in, but they got to they got to figure it out. And we didn't even talk. We didn't really get to talk about the Cardinals at all because they didn't. I don't think that they. I think anybody could have played the Cowboys and won that game. Yeah, agree. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray looks good on his, on on the ground. His passing is, I think, still a little questionable. Yeah, it's him pushing the ball down the field is tough for him sometimes. And it's, I mean, he's 5'10 on a good day, probably. But good for the Cardinals. Get a win. They've got a big game this week. They play at home against the Seahawks. So that's going to be a a fun game and a real measuring stick game for them. Battle of the Birds. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it'll be exciting. All right, so let's go to Fan Corner. Uh, it's a tough week. We, yeah, we don't. This is not going to be the fun. We, we've had we had a great start to Fan Corner. We the beginning of this year was a lot more fun for Fan Corner. Four and two but Fan Corner. Last couple, it is the four and two Fan Corner. Uh, I think we both feel about the same about our four and two at this point too. Um, so let's start with uh, Monday night. I'll start off the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs won twenty six to seventeen, and it was not Patrick Mahomes going off. It was Clyde Edwards Alaire and the Chiefs running backs dominating the Buffalo Bills on the ground. Um, I'll say this for not even in defense of the Buffalo Bills, but this happens once a year under Sean McDermott. Uh, I meant to go look back at the games the last couple years, but last year against the Eagles, I think the Bills let up almost 300 yards on the ground in a loss to the Eagles, and it was like, what the hell is wrong with the Bills' defense? And they kind of figured it out and adjusted after that two years ago they played the saints on the road and lost like 41 to six or something and it was all just running the ball down their throats the entire time so we've seen this where the bills have holes in the run defense and then they kind of not figure it out but they close they figure out the issues a little bit 
Um, yeah, and you th- and you think when it's going to be a rainy game, you're like, okay, it's going to be on the ground. You know, Pat Mahomes won't cook as much, mm-hmm. and then Edwards Clyde Allaire just goes insane. This is his best performance yet, I think, since yeah. week one, and puts 161 on your head. Pat Mahomes had that weird play where he ran past the line of scrimmage and then back behind the line of scrimmage and then back forward again for first down or fourth and inches. And they were rolling so well that you know they're not going to miss that. They get that first down. And it just looked demoralizing. It looked like, I don't know, I felt bad for your Bills out there. I felt bad for their defense. It was demoralizing because it it wasn't even – it was just like they were getting the third down too. Like they were playing – it was so many third and fours, third and threes. And it's like, all right, just get off the field here. You still like within, and they just couldn't, they never got a big stop. The defense, as bad as the defense played the whole, I mean, they left like almost, I think they left 500 yards in this game, but they, it was, they could have let up the 500 yards and just, and if you get off on a couple third downs, they're, they're in this game. I mean, they only lost by nine. They were in the game pretty much the whole time. They just, the defense couldn't get off the field and the offense could never ever figure it out. And they just, the bills run offense is worrying me a lot because they cannot run the ball like at all, at all. It's Singletary yeah. hasn't been getting, getting anything. They've had injuries on the line to start the year. So it, I mean, it's a little understandable, I guess, but you can't get 32 yards from your starting running back. Yeah. Side note, this is totally, this probably went unnoticed by most people who are watching the game. Josh Norman bounce back game recovered a fumble. He did. It he was, needed to make up for getting thrown in the next <laughs> week by Derrick Henry. Good for him. I was happy to see his face. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I felt bad for your Bills. They looked really sad out there in the rain. Looked like a, and that, so I guess that's kind of like the scariest thing is that the Bills should be ready to play in shitty weather all mm-hmm. the time. But and so should the but the Chiefs too. Like the Chiefs, the it's Chiefs not like too, Kansas City is a great place for weather ever. No, but you expect, but you at least expect the Bills to be able to. I I don't know, Josh. He just didn't look good passing the ball. And as much as you're going to say that Pat Mahomes didn't have a great game, he only missed five passes. Well, yeah, they didn't. They couldn't get I mean, pressure on him. I mean, he had all day to throw every time he dropped back to pass, and he didn't. They the Bills' game plan was we're going to let them run, obviously. And we're not going to get beat deep, and they never got beat. There was never no big Chiefs no. plays that you ever see, and that so in hindsight it worked. And I, I think I also worry about the Bills' running game. I don't. I, I try. I like Devin Singletary, and I've been trying to get behind him. I have him in fantasy. I just don't know if he's good. It's the. I think it's the line as much as anything else. Like right now, they're missing John Feliciano. This is real gritty lineman talk right now, but he's their best offensive lineman probably, and he's been hurt for the whole year to start the year. He should be coming back any week now, but he's been hurt the whole year. And I think that they just really miss that guy on the line, just mauling people inside and opening up lanes. They they can't they can't run the ball. And then when Josh is he didn't look he didn't look bad, but he didn't look sharp like he has the first couple weeks. And when he's not sharp and they can't run the ball, it's there's nothing they can do. Where do you do. go? Yeah, there's nothing they can do. You can't put 17 yeah. points up against the Chiefs and expect to win, ever. But the exciting thing is that there is potential for a rematch here, which would be scary, but I look forward to it. I just think – I mean, the Bills just played at the probably the best team in the AFC. So I mean, yeah, the, the, even if the Bills would have won this game, I still probably would have – have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because I just think they're making the Super Bowl and probably winning the Super Bowl no matter what this year. Um, and it's also a bounce back game for them. I mean, they lost. They they're them coming. The Bills were coming off a loss, yes, but they're not. They're not the Chiefs, and they are. They we no, shouldn't expect no. them to be Chiefs. And the Chiefs coming off a loss. And also, you know what we didn't. We over, both all of us overlooked going into this game. The Clyde Edwards Alaire. I guess not revenge game isn't, but prove it game because they just signed Le'Veon Bell, and that dude was probably like fuck that, I'm going to go out and ball out before this dude gets here. And he yeah. did. Well, appara- apparently their plan with Le'Veon Bell is to split him out a lot, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be really interesting. I think Andy Reid's going to just have a field day, and it's it's going to be crazy. I th- but I think for their every down back, I think it's going to be Clyde Edwards, Alaire. I, I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is going to take many snaps from him. I think that he looks really good. And he, he just he runs the ball hard. I, I love the mm-hmm. way he runs. Um, yeah, I just, so I think they're going to use Le'Veon in like 
third down packages and then split out from what I've been hearing. Yeah. On Sports and Center. It'd be it'd be smart. I mean, it's it's gonna be smart and it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they use him all over the field because he's just I mean, he might not be the same weapon he used to be, but he was on the Jets. I don't Jets. think he's going to be complaining. He was on the Jets. And yeah. nobody's good on the Jets. Like At this point, it, that's a lost cause. So good for Le'Veon. I'm happy he's going to he, – he seems like he's a lot happier. And, I mean, he's probably going to do some damage there for the Chiefs. But uh, So let's move on to your team and um, another not very uh, inspiring performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which – it, 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 that's why you know as much as the chiefs like it's the chiefs whatever but this is when it's your rivals and you have to go in there and just watch this how, how did you feel watching this game because i watched it from start to finish and i was just it, it hurt for me too man. once the pick six occurred i said oh here we go <laughs> <laughs> like i know exactly what kind of game this is gonna be yeah because they just got after baker mayfield so much mm-hmm. and, dur- and during the game i looked at my buddy brand and i said after this game's over, they're going to come out and they're going to say that Baker Mayfield's still dinged up from last week. And that's what they did. Because, mm-hmm. of course. And then when he takes five more shots to the ribs, it's, it's hard to throw the football when your ribs are on the board, like about to crack. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the Steelers got so much pressure on him and he just, nothing was in tempo. We couldn't run the ball to save our lives. And once we get down in a game, this isn't a team that's made to come back. No. Like what? Once, they're, once we're down two scores, coming back is virtually impossible, I think, especially against a defense that's this good. Um, another – God, I could just go on all day. The play that Ben Roethlisberger pumped the ball and pumped fake yeah. the camera. The camera went downfield and goes back to him and he throws it and he walked in. Yeah. I just – I literally looked at my buddy Brandis. They're going to show the replay. <laughs> and there's going to be two defenders just standing there because they bit – like the camera bit, those guys definitely bit. And what do, what do we see on the, the replay? Two defenders trying to cut off that pump fake pass <laughs> as the guy walks to the end zone. Yeah. And I don't know. Frustrating game. Chase Claypool isn't Megatron. He's really good. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, we're missing Nick Chubb a lot. And Baker is just, I think, scared shitless sometimes. So what's your Baker that, through six weeks? How how do you feel? Not just about Baker now, but at the end of this year, what what what's the Baker move here? Like, is he gonna is he gonna are they gonna run it back next year with Baker, or has is Stefanski gonna start looking around and being like, I I think he's limiting what I want to do here. I mean, that dude coached Kirk Cousins, so he's probably got a lot of patience with quarterbacks. But yeah, I I, I don't know what the answer is because Baker sometimes looks competent and sometimes does what he did last week. So you never know which version you're going to get. Um, I just hope that – I really hope that Baker Mayfield just works out. I hope I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. But so far he hasn't showed us anything else that when he gets off tempo and things start to break down, he panics. That seems to be his MO. And I just – but I look across – I look at the draft. I don't see anyone that – catches my eye coming out and you look across the league. I don't know who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So I, I don't know what the solution is here. Um, I mean, this isn't a team that we thought we we're going to, was going to make the super bowl. This is a team that we were like, if they make the playoffs, that's a win. And they're, and still, they're still four, four and, two. and two. Yeah. And they're still four and two. So I don't, I mean, I think Baker should be the starter for 16 weeks if he stays healthy. Um, and I don't know. We just, I'm not even gonna think about next year yet because <laughs> this year has been. I mean, four and two. It already feels like we're winning a lot more than we used to. Well, yeah. I mean, it's got it's regard. That's and that's what I was gonna say too. Like, it's as a Browns fan and as a Bills fan, keep everything in perspective for our, our Browns and Bills fans friends listening. We here. could be the Jets right now. Exactly. We you we have been the Jets before, which feels better. <laughs> like this, who cares? Yeah. Like you get stomped on by the Steelers, whatever. The Steelers might be the best team in the AFC, and undefeated stomped by the Ravens. They might be the best team in the AFC. You can't really, and that's your first matchup against them. And that the Steelers matchup is just bad for the for the Browns. Yeah, and this is and this is the so best good. team we've played all year. Mm-hmm. I think they look better than the Ravens personally, but I mean they'll play. We'll find out. We'll see. So you got the the Cincinnati Bengals this week. How are you feeling about visiting Joey Burrow in Cincinnati? 
I think we could drop one. I think we could. I think, I think we game. should win this game, but I could see us easily dropping this game, just playing stupid. Um, Joe Burrow's just more and more looked better and better, and that worries me. I here, I think the Browns win, but I think that when you look at the stats, I think that you're going to see Joe Burrow looks a hell of a lot better than Baker Mayfield. I think it's going to be a, a fun game. I mean, the first game was fun between the two teams, so I think it's going to be a lot of the same thing. I don't think you're losing it though. I don't think I think the Brownies are going to I think that you come back with a vengeance and going to be able to run the ball. It's going to be like running against like high schoolers compared to playing against the Steelers. Oh, against the yeah, against the Steelers. Come on. So, it's I think I think it'll be a good bounce back week for uh for the running game and hopefully makes that makes it easier on Baker um in that game. And the defense, I mean, 38 points in this game. I don't think it's telling for what that defense I mean, is think about how much they're on the field. Yeah, exactly. And also, a pick six doesn't count. Yeah, and Minka Fitzpatrick is just incredible. <laughs> good for yeah, good for good for Minka Fitzpatrick because I, good he got off that loser franchise with the Dolphins. Yeah, and hopped to a contender. Yep, that was They're a scary. genius trade. I think this trade's gonna look good. I mean, once he went, that was instant value, and I think it's just when every. He looks so good. He's yeah. such a good player. They're scary. The Steelers are scary, and they might. Uh, I'm. I'm. I can't wait to see them. I mean, they got. They have the Titans this week. That's going to be awesome. But that seeing them play some of the AFC elites the rest of the year is going to be fun because I think that they're the way that that defense plays. It's Titans and then Ravens next week. So oh. we we're going to fly, learn a lot about the Steelers the next couple weeks. All right, that does it for today's episode of Couch Quarterbacks. Follow us at Couch underscore QBs on Twitter and Facebook. And be on the lookout um, for on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, for our first picks uh, episode. We're going to start doing our weekly picks. Uh, We're going to go through every NFL game and pick against the spread. And hopefully it'll help us do better in our picks. And hopefully we'll give you guys some, uh, some advice to... I don't know, make some money or do whatever you want to do, brag to your friends. I, I don't know, whatever you guys got to do, but I'll be on the lookout for that on Friday. What if we give them such bad advice and they, they never take our picks? <laughs> then if that happens, then we just need to take the opposite of our own picks and hope that works. We fade the public. <laughs> fade the public and fade ourselves. All right, but thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed week six and we're looking forward to week seven in the NFL.